Hey everybody, welcome out to another fun-filled episode of Burnt Popcorn. I'm your co-host, Mike Laidman, and I'm joined with none other than... Laura Laidman. Each and every week, we take a movie from our past and have a look back and see if it's just nostalgia keeping our high praise of classic films afloat, or if it really is the real deal and worthy of all the adulation. Holy crap, hon, we made it 50 episodes. Wow. <sighs> Two more to go. And that's a year. And that's a whole year. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really curious, because I won't find out for another week... What 52 will be. Right. As the one year anniversary episode. Mm-hmm. But it's your choice. It is my choice. And that's a lot of pressure. It is a lot of pressure. It's, 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 uh, it better be a good one. <laughs> I have thoughts. I don't know if I'm going to do it or not, but we'll see. Uh, better be good. Better be good. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, uh, we are recording this right at the end of August, last yep. day of August. And, uh, I mean, summer's over. Yeah. Like, I mean, technically, summer's over. It's not... Summer's over at the end of August. Fall is September 1st. But is that, like, what it officially is? Isn't there, like, a like a day? Like, the 22nd or something? Is Oh, yeah. It's usually on the 21st. But, like, real fall... Right. ...starts. The only problem is, because I'm talking with my friends about decorating for, you know, the, the autumn spirit mm-hmm. and everything, and getting the house all ready for autumn, and we still don't have our furniture. So I can't decorate. No, you Got can't. All this autumn stuff packed away in boxes. I know where to put it. Yeah, well, my I house mean, won't be fancy. And it'll be nice when you put all that stuff out, and not because like the house will be nicely decorated, is because then it'll be less boxes. Yeah, yeah, and I want to get like you know nicer ways to store them and find nicer places to put them rather than just a mess in the garage. So, but we have to get that furniture, and like furniture delays are. Still crazy. Still going. Still going. So who knows when we might get that couch and I can't get tables until we get the couch and ah, yep. life is so hard. It's very hard. Now the weird, the real okay. question will be is once the, the living room is finally set up and we have our furniture in there and we have our nice TV up there, mm. are we going to move our viewing location from this TV to that TV? I think it will depend on the situation. I think for our movie nights, it'll still be down here. Mm-hmm. Because, like, this is the big TV, and the one upstairs won't be as big. There's not enough space. But, like... It could still be a big TV, though. Yeah. and it Just not as big as this TV. It will be newer, which means higher def. Is that right? <laughs> it will likely be a 4K TV, and this is not a 4K TV. Yeah, so may, maybe. I this, mean, this it is TV closer is, to the kitchen upstairs. It's true. This TV is is 10 years old, so, like... Oh, my God. Yeah feel old because our tv is old we should replace it we should get 4k tvs all around there's nothing wrong with this <laughs> that is also why we have the tv that is even older than that one still the current tv that is in the the 32 incher that is currently still in the in the living room until we get actual furniture and then upgrade the tv that tv is from 2008 can someone just call the furniture companies and tell them to get me on my couch faster? Because then I can decorate and get everything all set and ready to go. But until then... We're boned. We're boned. Yeah. You know who else is boned? The Colonial Marines of the U.S. Boom, boom, Marine Corps. Boom. Oh. That's right. Oh, I see that smooth It was a nice segue. transition. It was a nice transition. For those who have not been paying attention, this week we will be talking about Aliens, which originally hit theaters back in 1986. Just tell me one thing, Burke. You're going out there to destroy them, right? Not to study, not to bring back, but to wipe them out. That's the plan. All right, people, on the ready line. Are you ready? Yeah! Yeah! Are you ready? Uh, I got signals. I got readings in front and behind. There's nothing back here. Look, I'm telling you, there's something moving in. It ain't us. Get them out of there. They cut the power. How could they cut the power, man? They're animals. There's movement all over the place. Five meters, man. Four.
Aliens. This time, it's war. I don't even know what kind of sound effect I could make. No one's going to want to hear that. No one's going to want to hear it. You should stop. I'll tell you a fun... No, I'll tell you that story in the memories. Go ahead. (laughs) So this is one of those... 86... Well, it's July... July 1986. It's one of those things that really puts the world in perspective. On July 9th, our progressive friends down in New Zealand, Mm -hmm. 1986, Parliament passes homosexual law reform bill legalizing consexual sex between men age 16 and older. Until 1986, it was illegal for men to make love in New Zealand. Wow. What a time has passed, (laughs) for sure. And I know for a lot of people, 1986 was like before they were born. Yeah, I was two. I was one, but like, yeesh. Yeah. (laughs) On July 14th, Motley Crue's Vince Neil begins a 30-day sentence for vehicular manslaughter. He got out in like 18 days. (laughs) He was drunk driving and killed Nicholas Dingley of Hanoi Rocks. Oh, jeez. Yeah. And he only served like three weeks. Because he was famous. Yeah. 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 Anytime I think of Vince Neil, I, all I can think of is like there's some skit or something or scene in a movie where somebody goes like, no, no, it's Vince Neil. And that's it. That's the only thing I can like, I know. I don't even remember what the actual thing is about. I believe it's played over and over and over again. Like it's like, it's, it's like a loop Just some guy going like, no, Vince Neil. And that's what I think of every time I hear Vince Neil. I don't know what it's from. So on July 17th, <laughs> uh, it's the thirteenth daytime Emmy Awards. Oh, this old haven't gem. had one of these for a while. No, uh, Susan Lucci loses for the seventh time. Oh, there we go. And on July eighteenth, videotapes released showing Titanic's sunken remains. Oh, so like for us, we just growing up, the Titanic was just there. We knew where it was. We knew what it looked like. You know, like it was a beautiful movie that we will eventually cover on this podcast. Yeah, like. Could you imagine in 1986, they had no idea. So people were finally seeing it for like the first time. Yeah. I I, I think I've talked about it before that people thought that the Titanic was still in one piece at the bottom of the ocean. And there's there's literally a a movie called Raise the Titanic where they put like balloons inside of it and they raise it from the bottom and they sail it into New York Harbor. Yeah. That's not going to work. Yeah. No, that's not how that works. No. 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 And yeah, though, if I remember correctly, the whole reason they were trying to raise it was because it had gold on it. I mean, there is stuff on it, but not like stuff you could use balloons to float back to New York. No, with. no, you're not floating the rest of that boat back to New York. That's for sure. Yeah. Gotta go back for the heart of the ocean, hun. I feel like I feel like if they were actually to try that 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 plan, the the pressure uh, of change from being at the bottom to the uh, the top. Would just tear it to pieces well, as it came up. Actually, hmm. actually, oh, oh, the research has been done for once. No, no, no. This is a, just a fact. Just a fact. Oh, you know about Titanic? Not specifically the Titanic. So years ago, there was a Donald Duck cartoon. This is leading into serious science. Nothing is more factual than Donald Duck cartoons. Basically, they're trying in the cartoon. They were trying to raise a boat that had sunk, and they filled it full of ping pong balls. Uh So there's a submarine that sunk, and they actually were like, "Well, Donald Duck works, yeah," and it worked. So the pressure change it would rise slowly enough that it shouldn't like. It's rusted to shit. Yeah. That's your bigger issue is moving it because the salt water is just eating away at it. Eventually, like, I love shipwrecks. Yeah. I think they're fascinating. I like to look at pictures of them. I like to look for them on Google Maps, on Google Earth. They're neat. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. Someone should make a podcast about shipwrecks. I would listen to it. You uh, you were going to- I wanted to, yeah. but I'm lazy. Yeah, I noticed. It took you forever to get to do this podcast. This was my idea. I know, but it still took forever for you to do a podcast. Anyway, yeah, someone else should do a shipwreck podcast, and I would listen to it, and okay. I would be a guest on it. <laughs> so anyway, 
you can write me at shipwreck for you. No, <laughs> no, a lot of these shipwrecks, they are just eaten like crazy by the salt and salt and, and everything over time. But you can still find remnants of them. It's just you're going to have a better time finding remnants of them in cold, fresh water. So anyway, Titanic. Yes. We'd like to talk about what the box office was like in 1986. Yeah, I forget what movie it was, but we had a movie come out around it because I remember you mentioning Aliens at the time. We've uh, done, this is our third 1986 movie. Around this time period, though. Yeah, but still. Okay, yeah. Because we did Top Gun. Yeah. And then this one is, is the second one. What's the third one? We've done 50 movies. It's hard to remember them all off the top of the head. It's Crocodile Dundee. Oh, it was Crocodile Dundee. Well, no wonder I didn't remember it. <laughs> Cultural phenomenon. phenomenon. Crocodile anyway, Dundee. The mi- big movie starting out in the summer was Top Gun. Then there was a movie called Back to School. Which, is that, is that What's-His-Nose? What's-His-Nose? Rodney Dangerfield. Ro- oh, I think that is Rodney Dangerfield. Anyway, yeah. But then it was Karate Kid Part 2 for four weeks. But then we had Aliens, which debuted at $10 million. And it was the biggest debut with a female protagonist since Halloween. Well, it beat Halloween 2. And it also held for four weeks before losing to The Fly. Oh, that's a, oh good. That's Now that I know that hits the criteria, that's a movie I'd like to hit at some point too. Not... Episode 52. No. <laughs> Get some body horror on here. We haven't Ugh. done any body horror yet. So the top three movies of the year were Top Gun at $176 million, Crocodile Dundee at $174 million, mm-hmm. and Platoon at $138.5 million. Can I guess where Aliens fell? Uh, top 10. Seven? Yes, actually. There you go. At $85 million. Nice. There you go. Well, now I guess we just chat about our first experiences with this movie. Go ahead. Oh, I got so much to say. <laughs> this is another case of I first watched it on VHS, but it's different because it's not one that my parents taped. I taped it. Oh. I taped it off of space. They were doing like a, a marathon. Uh, cause remember, a space Wait, used how, to do. How long ago would that have been? Because the, I was like a teenager. I, I didn't see. Space. I didn't see Alien for years. I was gonna say because space was not a thing until 1999. I know. I only know. I know what year space started because the day that space, like the the day that space launched, was also the day that Lost in Space happens. The original Lost in Space. You think they planned that? I don't think so, but it is a, a coincidence that, mm. yeah, the original Lost in Space, which was from the 50s or the 60s, I can't remember. It's old. The It took place in 1999, mm-hmm. and it took place on, it was that day. And come to think of it, it might have been August 31st, which is today, <laughs> the day we're recording it. But Weird. anyway, anyway, um, it was around that time. So it was like 1999, 2001, maybe I saw it for the first time. And it was, I, I taped it off of, off of space. And I, I think it was because I had seen Alien 3 and I was like, oh, I've heard this is good. Let's watch it. And I taped it and I watched it and my world is never the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I uh, this is my second favorite movie of all time. I've watched it many, many times. Some fun facts about it is it's one of the, like Jurassic Park 3, which we talked about not too long ago, it is a movie that I was one of my first DVDs I owned, also one of the first DVDs I ever bought again, and then also one of the first DVDs I bought as a, uh, I replaced as a Blu-ray. So I have- You say replaced. I say, I say replaced, but I still have the- Well, that's the thing, because I have, when I originally bought Aliens, I bought just like the generic DVD, and then they released like a set. It was all four, but not like a box set. They did each movie individually, and they all look the same. Like the spines and the covers are all the same. So it's the entire series. And I got the entire series in that set. And then years later, I I got the 35th anniversary edition of, of Aliens on Blu-ray. You're, You're cool, cool, Mike Layman. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, but no, plenty of plenty of memories of this movie. One that is one the one that I was alluding to earlier is I've gotten incredibly drunk playing a drinking game watching this movie oh before. Boy. 
We made up the rules. I was going to say, was it solo? No, no. There was a bunch of us. You would know. If I told you who I did it with, you'd be like, oh, of course. An alumni of the show, David Baldwin, was one of the people who was joining me. shocked not even a little bit. We made up our own rules. We made up the worst rules in the world and got really really drunk was it the prince igor drunk no no it was something we were just drinking some like whatever we wanted but the rules if i remember correctly were anytime an alien was killed oh boy which is a lot anytime a person is killed which is a lot anytime there was a close-up of something not even just an alien but a close-up of something going (sighs) into the camera we took a shot and then as the evening went on and we got very drunk very quickly, <laughs> although it's very funny because it, it really nothing happens until like an hour into the movie. And then you just get destroyed if you follow yeah. these rules. And we made up a couple extra rules because we were we, we weren't getting drunk fast enough. And the, the rules we made up were anytime Ripley's being badass. So you're just constantly like constantly drinking through a straw. And anytime we found Newt annoying. (laughs) So those were all the times we get we we drank. Uh, We gave up. We gave up because we couldn't finish the movie. We got to the point where we couldn't even like lift a drink up. It was so. And that was before the alien queen had showed up. And we watched show up till quite near the end. Yes. But that's we obviously still couldn't finish the movie. Yeah. No, I don't know. I believe we did finish the movie. We just stopped drinking. <laughs> yeah, I can't say I've ever played a drinking game to that extent. No, it's the only, it's really the only time I've ever done a drinking game watching a movie and we super overdid it. Yeah. Yeah. I returned to my original thought. You're cool, my right, blade right. But I mean, I could go on. I could go on. I, we have an extensive collection of alien action figures, most of them from this movie. I have the Alien Queen. Uh, I have that's pretty cool. The Alien Queen is awesome. Uh, I have uh, the only human NECA figure I own because I have a ton. I have a. I'm surprised you haven't gotten a Ripley. I I feel like if I wanted a Ripley, I would want the power loader too. And the power Uh, loader is hard to find and expensive. uh, That's why I haven't pulled that trigger on that one. But I do have like when it comes to aliens, the only human figure I have is (laughs) is Burke. (laughs) <laughs> like freaking Paul Reiser. <laughs> I have Paul the Reiser. facial expression the, on that figure is pretty good. It is though. great. And and really the main reason I wanted it was because it came with a different version of the alien. So You wanted Burke. No, I really wanted really the alien. It really rounds out the, compl- the collection. It, it's great. I, I, I had a really great setup with him with a face hugger sitting on his shoulder and and the face that he's making made for a really nice little diorama. It's got, yeah, it's got like that cool background yeah. and like the whole thing. Yeah, like... We we collect too many things. Yeah. Like I, I've talked about on the show that I, I liked Alien and other movies, but really it was Aliens that kickstarted my love affair with this series. Yep. <laughs> I can't remember when I saw this movie for the first time. Really? Absolutely can't remember. I know it's another series I have not seen in order. I'm pretty sure I saw the first one first and then Resurrection. Mm-hmm. Because it was on, well, Alien was on TV, and then I think I rented Resurrection because it was not too long. When did Resurrection come out? 97. I was going to say 97, 98 in that area. Yeah, because so right, right, like, okay, I, I'm 3 really, was 93. Yeah, I'm getting into horror movies more and more, you know, blah, blah, blah. Love went on a writer. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, okay, I'm down for this. And I remember really liking it, but I didn't really have a ton of context for what constitutes a good alien movie right. at the time. But I still really liked it. So yeah, I I don't know when I saw this one for the first time. I can't remember at all when I saw this one for the first time. Well, you've definitely, this is another movie you've seen with me. Yep. Multiple times. Um, yep. <laughs> I This is, this is interesting because this is the only movie of my favorite three that I've never watched in a theater. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I, I've seen RoboCop in the theater, and I've seen Jurassic Park in a theater, yeah, but I've never, I've never seen Aliens in a theater, which is something that I would love to do you know, at, at some point. Rent we it. could rent a theater and, and watch it. Yes, this is true. I mean, we did just watch it, so that would kind of defeat the purpose of renting a theater. Oh my god, I would be like, that's what we should have done. That's what we should do: is we should rent out a theater and watch a movie for the the 
for the uh oh boy for the year and then record it here in the basement as usual and no one gets the <laughs> any of the uh i disagree uh anyway yeah yeah no I, I like i know i've seen it i know i've seen it several times i know i've seen it at least 10 years ago but i honestly don't have any context of when i saw it for the first time mm-hmm. and that's that like I think that's like the first time of movies that it's like well I know I've seen it but like I have literally no memory of what the first time I would have seen it would be. Interesting. I know. Maybe it's because like because I've seen every Alien movie. Most of them I saw for the first time with you, mm-hmm. like the Alien vs Predator stuff, Prometheus, uh, Covenant. You know. Yeah. Like, well, although, Prometheus and Covenant both came out while we were dating, and I'm pretty sure three I saw. With you for the first time, I saw three. I don't think I'd seen it until. That's right. Yeah, because we were. I was doing a rewatch of the the entire series because I have that box set that I have. So yeah, and so that was the first time I'd seen three. But one, two, and I guess four. Mm-hmm. I am pretty sure I saw before. Like one and three or one and four. Yes, absolutely, I saw when I was a teenager. Two is a question mark. I have no idea. You know what? Now that I think about it, Resurrection was the one that I uh, I saw first, and I saw it. I saw it on New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. Wow! That's when I saw my first Alien movie. It was New Year's Eve, nineteen ninety nine. When when Y two K rolled in, we were watching Alien Resurrection. Wow! <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So there you go. Okay. I, I mean, yeah. Okay. You don't really remember when you first saw it, no, but I, but you I remember don't. the movie fondly i do yeah i do i i know like going in i was like well i know what i'm in for yeah i've got no complaints and it's funny because if i'm in the mood to watch a big action movie Mm -hmm. i know this movie is very good but it's not my first go-to on that yeah which is interesting and again it's not like we've discussed this before you're an action fan and i love a good action movie don't get me wrong like i think action movies are great I love a good action movie, but when it comes down to brass tacks, horror is my genre. Yeah. So I'm going to pick the first one. (laughs) The Rotten Tomatoes score is 1% higher for the first one. So therefore I win. You win? Shall we get into the movie? Yeah, let's get into the movie. So uh, the movie begins with uh, our intrepid hero, Ripley, asleep with her cat. Ooh, no, it begins with space. Well, yeah, she's in space flying around. Yeah, not with it, but like not. And it, one of the things, especially watching it on a high def TV and Blu-ray and the whole thing, mm-hmm. you know what I miss? What hand painted space backgrounds? Yeah, there's a lot of really nice matte paintings in this movie. Yeah, like, I noticed that as it went on, and like now you, we can tell 100 percent that the paintings, but they're beautiful. Yeah, like the space station right at the beginning yeah. was like meticulously detailed. Like, yeah, and I'm just like, whoever painted these is phenomenal. Yeah, and you know what actually is really great too, and this is something that I've learned over the years because I've watched a billion behind-the-scenes documentaries about this franchise and, and this movie, is there's one shot, the shot when the Marines are in the tunnels, mm-hmm. and it's that it pans down from all of the the resin, you know, like the whatever the... the the alienized tubing and stuff mm-hmm. that's and then it pans down to the marines walking through the stuff at the top along the ceiling that's a matte painting it, wow. and it's it's painted perfectly to match with what what's in the camera so like that's that's a really nice shot too yeah and we don't get that anymore yeah it's all computerized which i mean looks beautiful too don't get me wrong it takes a lot of talent but there's something about these matte backgrounds that really just you know Adds this element. It of, gives it a little character. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, I just I wanted to mention that it's not something that you see anymore, and I always liked it. Yeah, there's some really nice models in this movie mm-hmm. as well, and they do the same trick that they did in the first Alien, where there's a lot of like, look at this model, but it doesn't look like a model because you can see people walking around inside of it, and it's a television screen inside mm-hmm. of the model. So they just were replaying footage of like Ripley walking in front of a window in this TV in the, in the model. Smart. Yeah, it's really well done. Anyway, sorry, anyway. I just wanted to bring yeah, that sorry. up before you really got into, got the, into the meat of the plot. So Ripley is is found 
after being afloat for 57 years. And I, I'm, I'm going to point this out because there was a whole bunch of stuff right at the beginning that I'm like, oh, yeah, because we were watching the theatrical cut yes. and not the director's cut, which yeah. I usually watch, which is 20 minutes longer. It's But it's a very long movie. And I was like, I am tired already. You're tired before we'd even started because we we started early, too. And, and because but it's of, like a two hour movie. It's a two uh, two hours and some it's it's like two and a half or not even two and a half but it's like two hours 15 minutes or something like that and then you had another 17 minutes to it it's oh over. no it's yeah, too long it was too long it does include some really important exposition it does include some important exposition <laughs> good thing i remembered it yeah <laughs> so ripley after 57 years they they find her this is actually funny is they've done stuff late like since that i've never i've never read it but they did there's like a book that Ripley wakes up after the Nostromo stuff happens, has another encounter with aliens, and then goes back into cryosleep. And that's the explanation of why she drifts through the systems and like is asleep for 57 years. Because they're like, we don't know how it happened. They made a book that explains how it happens. How did I, she encounter the aliens again? I don't, I don't know. I've never read the book. But I do know that I, it's probably best to ignore the book, even if it's a good book, because it's never, ever acknowledged. Like, it's not like she was in that meeting with the Whaley Yutani people. And she's like, yes, I blew it out the airlock. Also, I met one here on this other planet at this other point in time. You can look that up too, <laughs> you know? So one thing I actually, from extended universe stuff, because it does play it, because one of the things about the director's or the extended cut that we didn't see in this cut is Ripley finding out her daughter's dead. Yes. Because like when she left, her daughter was a child and then- She was 11. Yeah. Yeah. Even for like being in the future, life expectancy is not great, I guess, but- I think that, I think she had cancer or something. Uh, but either way, so Ripley missed her kid's whole life. Yeah. But one of the things in the extended universe I'd read previously is that Ripley actually had to go to like arbitration with her employees, which is Whale and Yutani, because they were refer- refusing to give her time off for pregnancy or her maternity leave. Like she's out flying around space, and they expected her to leave her like newborn baby at home, and she had to like fight in court to get maternity leave from this company. And yeah. she's still working for them. And I was like, jeez, like she either loves space travel or jobs are hard as shit to come. Yeah, by. it's it's not a good future, and you look at it like that because obviously she's still fighting for maternity leave. Her daughter dies of cancer, so they haven't really medically. Nothing's gotten better. Nothing's gotten better. Yeah. So, but that's when it's so obviously those details, knowing that going in, like Ripley has obviously a lot of trauma about being a mother. Yeah. And so you get a lot of the lot of the newt relationship later. Yeah, yeah it really there's a lot of payoff. Really there, comes yeah. up and like because we're jumping way ahead, but she obviously forms this nurturing bond with Newt and cares for her and like. She's like, I am protecting this child. Like that's it. She real mama bear shit. Yeah, goes down, and without that extra exposition, one might be like, oh, there's a stereotype. You know, ladies. You know, they're always the mother role. It's like, well, there's very good reason. Yeah, for this badass woman Ripley to also have this mothering side to her character and why it's so important to her storyline. Mm-hmm. So without that extra bit, okay, uh, probably should have watched it, but I knew going in that that was there, like what it was. So I don't think I need that extra 17 minutes this time around. Yeah. Well, I was tired. Uh, something else that, that, sh- that shows up in the extra 17 minutes is they show the colony and they show yes, that the colony, that, yeah. the colony is fine. There's nothing going, nothing going on there at all. They, they, everybody's happy and walking around, and there are kids playing in the hall and uh. everything. And then, and then they get a message from Whalen Yutani to check out some coordinates, and they find the dialect spaceship from the first film. And Newt's parents go inside of it, and then Newt's mom comes back, and she's like. You know, she pushes her kids out of the way because Newt had a brother too, is yeah. it? and and she's like ignores them and calls for help, and then it cuts to the husband on the ground with a face hugger on his face, and it begins, and and that's the last time you see the colony until they arrive much later in the film. Yeah. So I mean, on one hand, like it's nice, like I like both cuts, like mm-hmm. I really do. They're both well done for different reasons, 
And I, I like being able to see that what the colony was like. So it's more of a shock when you get there and it's like, this is what it's become. Mm-hmm. But either way, it still works when they get there and they open the doors and for the first time, like, because it looks fine from the outside when they get there. Yeah. And then they open up the, all the doors and it's it's all destroyed and everything inside. So it's, yeah, it works. It works either way. But again, we're getting ahead of ourselves. Ripley is is grounded from space. They're not going to let her go back out. And then they lose contact with the colonies. So they are like, hey. Well, can we, before we get, because like when she's talking with Burke. Yes. And he says at one point, hey, I'm a good guy. Yeah. No, you he know, says, he's, you- I'm an okay guy. And I looked at you and you were like, mm-hmm. And I was <laughs> like, look, we know how you feel about Burke, but it was still so funny. The attitude of just, mm-hmm. uh-huh. Yep. So I, I, I found that uh, delightful, delightful, and I do like that they show the PTSD that Ripley's showing, like suffering from. Yeah, she's the fake waking out up with, with the, the chest burst, yep. burst at the beginning of the movie. Like that's quite a good uh, tease, and there's so much that shows, like, yeah, Ripley is a badass, but she's super psychologically broken after this, yeah. which fair, and they just look at Fast and the Furious, just for example. Big action, stupid, fun franchise. Yeah. Everything that they've been through. Does not one of them have even a little bit of PTSD? No, it doesn't sound like it. I feel like if anything, it makes Ripley a stronger character because she's been through all this crap and she's still like, and like the, the only way I can really put it is the mental mindset of, I just got to push through this and get this shit done. And then I can go cry in the corner. Yeah. But right now I don't have time for that. And I got to go save Newt. Got and I got to save these colonial mal- Marines yeah. and kill these aliens. And once I'm, once I get through that, then I can have some me time, mm-hmm. but I got to get through. And it's like, obviously I don't know the exact feeling of like, look, I got to kill these aliens and, you know, <laughs> save this, like, you know, the whole thing. But that mindset of like, things suck right now. But I just got to get through it, and then hopefully it'll be a bit better. Yeah. You got to power up and just push through. And like she does. And I'm like, good for you, because that's hard. Uh, yeah, I mean, no kidding. It's hard. So Ripley decides that she's going to suck up her fears and go help everybody. She leaves poor Jonesy behind forever. No, but at least we know the kitty is safe. Yeah, he's back. He's back somewhere safe. But you never, she, she'll never see him again, ever. No, she, I mean, he, he doesn't know that, but he's a kitty. He's a kitty. And you know what? They haven't really been together. Like they've been together a long time, but the cat doesn't have any knowledge of 57 years have passed while it was in cryosleep. Yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine that cat's just like, <gasps> but Ripley. <laughs> yeah. In that 57 years in hypersleep, it's developed super intelligence. Yeah. Yeah. Um, one kid, Okay. So one thing he's convinced, Burke has convinced her to go on this trip. So she's. Honestly, if I were her, I'd be like, she must really love flying through space. I, I guess. Well, it seems like it's all she has now. Like her daughter's but, dead. And- yeah, but like they've given her a job on the space station doing cargo and stuff. And like, look, I think if I were in her situation and like, obviously they kind of showing that some time has passed. You know, it's not like two days have passed. It's probably been a few weeks. Yeah. They've given her a job. Blah, blah. She got a haircut. That clearly means some time has passed. Yeah. So she she has a little apartment on the space station. She's got a job. And like honestly, if I were her, I'd be like, look, I don't really need to fly around space. So I like, go, oh, we'll reinstate your your job. Yeah, her flight license or something. Yeah. I'd be like, you know what? I'm okay. Well, she says that. She's like, no, I'm good. But they still convince her to go. Well, she decides to go for herself because she's like, maybe it will stop these horrifying nightmares. Yeah, she like had a lot having. of nightmares. But Burke keeps calling her kiddo. Yeah, that was weird. Punch Burke in the face. Well, Burke it's is so condescending. Yeah, and like I know we're setting Burke up to be a bad guy. Yeah, with these little things. But like He's watching it this dude. time, I'm just like, shut up, Burke. She goes to the trouble of making both of those guys coffee, and then neither of them drink it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why that's something I'm always fixated on, but she makes those guys coffee and they don't touch it. The cups are very weird. In this they place. are. Well, it's the future, hun. Look, 
if anything, coffee cups are going to be bigger in the future. Mm-hmm. It's like the size of your head. Yeah. <laughs> well, look at we already get those Trentas at Starbucks and stuff. Uh, of course, of course. So she goes, she, and this is where we we meet the Marines. This is where we're introduced to like a great cast. Of, oh yeah, of the characters. cast is great. So I mean, we have Hicks, who is great, and Hudson, who obviously is hilarious. And we and named our cat. We named after. our cat after him. Who it's also very fitting. It is very hit, fitting because you know, you, on one hand, you love him, but on the other hand, he's a little shit. Yeah, and you need to kick him out of the room halfway through your recording of your podcast because he keeps trying to ruin it. Yep. But uh, and then we re- meet Vasquez and a pwn, the sergeant. Yep. Um, who was a real like drill sergeant? Yeah. And then also, what was the other guy's name? Oh, what's his name? The other guy with the smart gun. It's on the tip of my tongue. I know. I know who he is. We talk. He's in a movie we've previously done on the show, and I pointed out that that's the guy who plays this guy in Aliens. I can't remember his name. Drake. His okay. name is Drake. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Well, we need all them. Yeah. I like the Bishop. Thing, Bishop, of course. But I like that they show off that everyone in the, the team is super capable. I like that there are women on the team. Yeah. Pilot badass and her aviators. <laughs> I mean, but either way, like, I forgot how many of them there were at the start. Yeah. Because, like, my memory of this movie, even though I haven't seen it that long ago, is just the core group. Yeah, well, they they get to to LV four two six Hadley's Hope, and very quickly we are whittled down to a much smaller cast. Yeah, and like some of the people you think are going to be big characters, like Apone and Drake, are they're yeah. out very quickly. Yeah, and I mean Drake goes out in a blaze of glory, but Apone is just whoop gone. You know. Yeah, and uh, I mean like Frost is another character who gets a lot of screen time. Frost just catches fire they they accidentally set frost on fire and and drop him down a, a like a shaft like yeah. you know like it, this is some interesting that what i love though is they they do a, an insanely good job of setting up that the 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 characters who is capable mm-hmm. and who's not like you you get a sense very quickly that their new sergeant or not sergeant uh corporal or whatever yeah, the he guy is, in charge the guy in charge gorman yeah. You get a sense that Gorman, he's not part of the group. Yeah. Uh, like he he's the, everybody's not they're not intimidated by him, but they are they're like he's in exile from them, essentially. Yeah, like he like he they, is he's a bit of a pariah. And like cause these guys have obviously been a group for a while and he's the new leader who's come in and we find out quickly that he's been on one other drop before. Yeah. And like everything else he's done is simulation and stuff and like And he starts making bad calls right away before it's like gets people killed yeah you know and and so when the shit hits the fan and all you see these people who are also also capable people getting wrecked as well yeah it adds an element of danger when the aliens finally do appear yeah and like these situations with the guy like gorman like this is this is a not an unfamiliar like thing this happens all the time and it has happened all the time for literally hundreds of years in army situations is a lot of the this is the only time I get to use my history degree, but like a lot of commanders got their roles through money and family connections. So you've got like your third born son of a wealthy royal family of well, they're not going to be a landholder. Mm-hmm. Like they they don't have a title, but they have some money. Well, we'll give them a prestigious career in the military, and then they'll get the perks from that without having to actually do any of the grunt stuff. Meanwhile, this so it's like, sure, this is Corporal Applebottom. Yeah. <laughs> and all the soldiers are like, oh, damn it. Yeah. All right, let's hope for the best. And they blow it. Mm-hmm. But most of the time, unlike Gorman, they just rise up in the ranks and sometimes figure it out, sometimes don't. Yeah. And But this is, it's not a new, th- it's not like Alien is unique in this idea. It's a thing that happens all the time and has been happening all the time for a long time. Yeah. Okay. So before we get too far into the actual them being on the planet and the xenomorphs and everything, there there are some bits when they're they're meeting when you're meeting the uh, the Marines that add some interesting backstory to like this universe. That's very confusing. 
and and you and I actually had a quick discussion about this as well, is are there other aliens in this universe at this point? Because they make reference to Arcturians. Yeah, which, which I wonder is just like... I thought that that was originally supposed to be a colony. Yeah. That's what I'm wondering if that's what they're going with. Is yeah. It's like a colony that has got like kind of like a free love going thing going on. Or yeah. Because it's very, they, they, they just kind of are like, they don't really go too much into what Arcturians is. There, there is, I believe there's expanded universe stuff that, that says what the, the Arcturian is. But also they, they make references to, is this another bug hunt? So I Googled that. Yes. And apparently it is a synonym for a snipe hunt. Which is essentially like a wild goose chase. Right. Okay. But, but the nose cone of the shuttle has bug stomper written on the side of it, Mm -hmm. which is even more like, so what, what are they, what is, what bugs are they stomping? Like, cause they're not sending like Marines out to like squish spiders or something, you know? Well, like, maybe it's the same universe as uh, Starship Troopers. Starship Troopers? Well, they, they. I was going to say Super Troopers. Super Troopers. <laughs> <laughs> Hudson cut out those shenanigans. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no. So, I mean, they, they, if there is aliens in this universe, which I think we had a discussion about aliens in this universe in when we watched Alien as well. There's nothing like this that has been seen before. Yeah. And I feel like they maybe they've seen small organisms. Yeah. That have not reached like and it would be plot they they're exploring all these planets at this point. They're yeah. all over there, they're making colonies all over the place. They're terraforming the whole thing. Somewhere along the lines, the chances of them finding some kind of life on one of these planets can't be that low. Because like realistically Science does show us that it's more probable that there is other life out there than isn't because there's so many different planets and everything. But it's just a matter of like, the universe is huge. Yeah. And then I, do you ever get like those moments where you think about like, well, how big is the universe and what else is there out there outside of the universe? Because the universe is all that exists. But what if the, and then it, your brain starts to collapse in on itself like a black hole because your brain can't comprehend that amount of space. So I just kind of did that to myself. No, I hate it. I, okay, you know, I, hate I can't it. I say. It. I hate it. I can't well, say that go. specifically. It's gone. Okay. Well, anyway, well, let's let's change the subject. Spiraling. Then. Spiraling. So they get to they they get to the the factory, not the factory, but the the coolant towers and everything where the aliens are, and they have all of the the people who have been trapped. We get the amazing scene where the aliens come out of the walls and they 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 tear everybody apart yeah. very quickly. And it's 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 great because it really is like, you know, it goes from, you know, oh, yeah, they, these are the Marines. They know what they're doing to like, we're fucked. Everything's fucked. We're fucked. We can't get off the fucking planet. We're trapped here. Yeah. You know, bad, like bad news bears all around. It's bad news bears. It's game over, man. Mm-hmm. It's game well, over. Well, they, they find out that the planet, like the basically what has happened has caused a malfunction and that something's going to blow up. Yep. Kill the, them all. The, the, the pilot has been killed by a xenomorph on their escape pa- like copter thing. Like, and like. <laughs> the drop ship. Drop ship. Yeah. And like the whole time, Burke is still like, gotta get these aliens back for the company. Gotta get it back. I'm like, yeah, we got, we can't blow. not going to get off this. I was going to say island. Yeah. Get off this planet. And He's like, more worried about the dollar value of things versus like, am I going to live through this? And you know what? There's a lot of people out there that are like that. Yeah. Like you get ingrained in com- like, cor- like company culture and blah, blah, blah. And like, I, I could see it happening. I'm not doubting that. My biggest doubt with Whalen Utani's corporation, mm-hmm. especially now that we've gotten Prometheus and Covenant and everything. And they, they have this goal of getting these aliens. Yes. For bioweapons research. For bioweapons research. And I keep thinking, look, we're at, okay, if we don't count the alien versus predator stuff, mm-hmm. which Whalen Yutana knows about. Yeah. We don't count Covenant or Prometheus, even though Whalen Yutani is part of that too. But this is, this is, this was made long before them. So we're going to give them kind of some slack. Yeah. But like, why? I just, they keep trying to acquire the xenomorph and it keeps killing everyone. Yes. And I'm just like, how many movies is it going to take before they go, this is a bad idea and isn't going to work? Who keeps signing off on this to be like, 
still think it'd be a good idea. Well, I think if I remember correctly, Alien Resurrection, it's not Whalen Utani. It's just a different. I think it's just like the Marines are like, we're going to do it this time. But like, <laughs> but still, why would if 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 you saw Whalen Utani blow it over and over and over again, why would you be like, maybe we can do it? You know, yeah, like, like what are they going to do with these creatures? Are they going to put leashes on them? Command them? No. There's actually a comic where they do that, where they they have they're on leashes and they like get them to attack things. There's one comic where they have numbers burned into their foreheads or their uh Is Chris Pratt training them like the Raptors? Like what is not Chris Pratt, but essentially. I just There's think... some weird like alternate un- not alternate universe, but like expanded universe stuff. That doesn't surprise me, but still I was like There's one where a guy makes his own robot version of an alien and it talks and smokes cigars. See, that's not the worst idea. It's the future. They have these synthetic humans. Synthetic humans. Artificial persons. Artificial persons. It's Bishop the First. Yes. So they got video of... They could ask Ripley to draw them a rough design of what this creature looks like. Mm -hmm. Look, it's got acid for blood. Pretty handy. Uh, It can climb walls. Pretty handy. It can blend in with its surroundings. Pretty handy. Why would they not be like, you know what, instead of going to a planet and risking our lives to get the biological ones, why don't we just take her designs and her ideas that we aren't sure are real but make our own thing? We have the technology to make androids. Why don't we just do it on our own, keep it on the hush-hush, and then we have our weapon without having to deal with the biological aspect, which ultimately is a big question mark if it's going to work and i'm like just like i i should be the coo of this corporation i feel like i do a better job it's not the same hun it's not the same it's better <laughs> that's nobody's dying that's well the people that the robot kills yeah but like at least your own people didn't die uh, maybe you could maybe. send your robots in for like you could do like drones well what if you alien? made them so perfect robots that they were like they didn't even know that they were robots and they started killing people then people would have died. Well, still, don't take it too far. Like, <laughs> see, it's all basically their plan for these creatures is not like it's not a good one. No, it's a bad plan. It's a bad plan. Okay. okay. So anyway, sorry. so the movie continues. It is a becomes a race against time to escape, and a race against time to escape before the aliens come to get them, which leads to the awesome scene of when the aliens cut the power and they come in through the like duck system yeah that was pretty great i've uh that shot of them when hicks goes through the ceiling tiles and f- turns his flashlight around and all those aliens are just crawling towards him. i love it i love it it's one of my favorite shots in the entire movie it's great it's very creepy mm-hmm. and like because again, this is an action movie where Alien is a horror, but that yeah. scene is straight up horror. There's some, there's some good, there's horror. It, this is a horror adjacent. Oh, hundred percent, I yeah, agree. Where there's a lot of horror elements still to it, still, but at its core, it is an action film. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Another one of my favorite shots happens not too long after, and it's 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 great too because even though you knew it was coming, there is a, a moment. Like there was a couple of moments that you still jumped at. Yes. And one of them is right after this sequence where this is where Hudson dies and Vasquez and Gorman blow up and, and Burke gets taken. And in the director's cut, you find out that, you know, Burke is actually still alive and been cocooned and everything and uh, taken to, to the hive. But anyway, Hicks and Ripley are trying to make their escape and they're, they're going in the elevator and then the alien comes bursting in the elevator yeah. at the last second and that still got you yeah. and, and there was a few places that the movie made you jump. Yeah, well, I jump easy. I yeah. am an easy startler. I'm trying to remember where another one was. There was, I think, when they came in through the, the doors of the car when they were trying to escape early at the beginning. I think so. Yeah, and like, which that shot of the alien like bursting through the door in the elevator, that's another one of my favorites. And another one of my favorites is Newt in the water and the alien coming out and grabbing her. Iconic shot. It is a great shot. So good. Could you imagine those being good shots? Could you? So I don't know what the trailers for this movie were like originally. Well, there's one in this episode. Yes. But <laughs> could you imagine? You're in the theater. Mm-hmm. Loved Alien. Go watch Aliens. You see all these aliens. Like, this is so cool. It's so cool. And then in the theater, 1986, 
opening weekend, you see on the big screen in front of you for the first time, the alien queen. Yes. Without knowing it's coming. Mm-hmm. How cool would that be? Oh my God. I loved, I had no idea when I watched Aliens for the first time that the alien queen was a thing. Like it's in Alien Resurrection, but it's not the same yeah. at all. And the 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 way it it is introduced and the build up. Uh, she. Sorry, the way she is introduced and the build up and everything. Oh, expertly done. Expertly done. They They tease her earlier in the movie as well, where they're like, what's laying the eggs and they're like i guess we haven't seen that yet and then that's it's that great setup of like we're gonna see it we're gonna see what it is and then when you do see it it does not disappoint at all no it basically takes everything that's cool about the alien and makes it cooler yeah and bigger bigger and stronger and angrier and well that's it and then this is the first time i've seen this movie since becoming a mother myself Mm mm-hmm and people told me all the time that becoming mom changes your perspective on things and blah mm-hmm. blah. And I was like, pfft, pfft. and now I'm like, yep, save that child. Well, not just that, but Ripley and the Queen have a moment of like, oh, when she like shoots the flamethrower at the over the edge. But they look at each other, yeah, and there is complete understanding even before Ripley moves the flamethrower to like threaten mm-hmm. the eggs. That's like. You're a mom. I'm a mom. We get each other. Bitch, I'll kill your kids. Yeah. <laughs> and then she kind of gives a squirt of the flamethrower to be like, you let us go. And the alien queen like communicates with her kids to be like, back it up. Yeah. And like, there is kind of this eye to eye mutual respect. But then Ripley's like, <gasps> well, well, one of the eggs opens up and she's like, bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Well, I don't think she can control when the eggs open. No, no. The egg ruins it. If that egg had stayed shut, everybody would have got out of there a lot easier. Probably. Probably. But like, I gotta say that like, that moment is something that it's like, yeah, I dig it. Yeah. I get it. And like, that understanding is there. Like, yeah, I dig it. It's funny cause that you say that as well, because as I, as I mentioned earlier when we were talking about the drinking game, one of the things that we took drinks for was when Newt was annoying. And this time I didn't find Newt annoying. No, me either. It, it, it was like Not even I, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, like it, it was oh, so weird that it was just like, oh, yeah, okay. This is the, because technically, technically, this is not the first time I've watched the movie since William was born. You went out for the very first time with friends. I was watching William alone. It was the first time I was watching him alone. And we watched the first half of this movie together. Well, but and you say that for, this was when he was. This was he was yeah he was a he was like he was still a potato. He was a potato. You would just hold him and watch a movie, and that's exactly what I was doing. And was it, I, I just ended up not. I didn't finish the movie. I made it to the part where the Marines get massacred by the aliens, and that was as far as I made it that night. So this is the first time I've completely watched the film since William was born. So it's it's insane that just like, oh yeah, this is one of my favorite movies. I've seen it hundreds and hundreds of times. Here's the one thing that's changed in your life, completely changes your viewpoint of this movie. Yeah. It really does. Cause like she's not right. Like this little girl has managed to survive on her own for weeks and like she she's crashing it and like she wasn't annoying like every i would say for a kid her age she was like the least annoying a kid her age could oh be. my god like um as as a ki- person who had no kids i was like this is annoying as a person who has kids i'm like oh man this could be way worse yeah <laughs> you know <laughs> like i'm just imagining i'm just imagining our three-year-old because our kid's almost three yeah i'm being like okay you have to be really quiet mm-hmm. and hide here and be like, mommy, yeah. mommy, 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 I want to watch Trash Truck. Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's watch Blippi. Yeah. Just a little bit of Blippi. Yeah. I was just like, shut up. Yeah. That kid would have been face huggered so quick. I know. I was just like, and I love him. And we have a very not annoying child. Yes. And like compared to other kids his age. And like, that's not just me being a mom talking. Other people tell us that too. Yeah. Yeah. <gasps> But like, no, Newt was fine. Newt was I fine. I had no. I was. I was worried for Newt for the first time ever. I've wow. never been worried for Newt. I was a little worried for Newt too. Yeah, I know what what happens. I know what happens too. But and it was like, no, child one, and it makes me so sad. I to know. Think about. I know. It, it, Everything Ripley did was for naught. And yeah. I'm just like, 
let's just pretend three doesn't exist. There's a lot of people who do pretend that three doesn't exist. And every so often it, it comes up that maybe three doesn't exist. I like that idea. I don't yeah. want three to exist now. I really don't. I'm just like, and it's even got one of my favorite actors in it, but. Yeah, no, it, it ends the way that it, it ends, which I mean, if we skip, we're skipping a lot of the fun queen stuff. Well, no, they, okay. Let's not skip the queen stuff. Cause I want to ask you one question. Yes. Why did it make sense? Feel pain? Sorry, what? Why do they make the artificial person? Feel oh, pain? oh, yeah. Why does he feel pain? It's like Bishop is like getting ripped, and it's like is a part of it so that they feel pain if like they have to be attacked or something like that. I don't know. But like, why would you make an android feel pain? Uh, yeah, he's he's getting cut in half, and he's like, like <laughs> trying to like he's touching like his internal, trying to keep his guts in. I just like, and then did you read that he and Lance Hendrickson got really sick? Yeah, because the milk spoiled that he yeah. was. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep, yep, yeah, yep. that queen fight, pretty great. Oh, it's so good. It's and and the crescendo, like the cherry on top, is of course the get away from her, you bitch. Like yeah. iconic delivery of a line. Yeah, that could be the only part of this movie you show anyone, and to be like, oh, double butter. Yeah, <laughs> that's like, like it's like all of. Ripley's PTSD and trauma and everything else going through her mind about basically losing her daughter, losing her opportunity to be a mother, et cetera, et cetera. Losing her life because the, she, the aliens in the first movie completely ruined her life. Yeah. Like, like everything about it. And like that queen is about to basically her second chance at taking care of a child and everything, even if she doesn't see it that way. Yeah. But this is, she is making Newt. A surrogate for her own child like, yeah. let's be real and she's about to lose that again she's like, not gonna let that happen yeah i mean i would love to read the summary of a paper that a psychologist <laughs> writes about Ripley. not the whole thing i ain't got time for that yeah just, this is cole's notes yeah i would really like a summary like the the abstract mm -hmm. to just give me the gist <laughs> i don't got time for that <laughs> i mean i will admit I am not smart enough to understand the vernacular they'd be using in a paper like that. I'm sure I'd be like, huh? But an abstract. I got that. No problem. Yeah. So Ripley has this badass fight with the queen and it all ends with, I don't even want to call it a complaint, but like it's the only negative that I could cut that I have with this movie is that basically she beats the queen the exact same way she beat the, the alien in the last movie, which by she just shooting it out into space. Yeah, but like, what it's, else it's what done, would you have done? I know, but it is, I mean, like, she, you know, she crushes its head or something. No, like, I think it's more like an homage to, no, you can't crush its head full of acid. It's full of acid. I, I, yeah, it's, like I said, it's not even like, I don't hate it. It's just, you could see as, okay, well, they just redid the same thing. To me, it was more like, look, I know this strategy works, yeah. Why mess with success? Why mess with a good thing? <laughs> we'll just shoot them all out in space every time. Right? Like, I mean, it's, it happens a few times in the series. They just shoot them out in space. Which makes sense. Yeah. But it doesn't kill them, though. Shooting them into space doesn't kill them. But there, there are, there, well, at least in uh, some of the extended universe stuff, there's, there's stuff with like the aliens climbing around. They just around like out. not breathe and they, the pressure doesn't bother them? Yeah, they don't breathe and they, they like run around in, in, out, on the outside of spaceships and stuff. But like, how did they get to the spaceships? Because they have no thrust. That part I don't remember. Is but it I, alien I, toots? It, 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 <laughs> they, 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 they wave their tails back and forth and swim. That's not how space works. <laughs> you literally can't. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's not how it works. They just push off of something. and No, anyway, yeah. So the, It doesn't work that way. No, it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, anyway, so... It all wraps up in this nice little package where Ripley's got this whole new little family and then Alien 3 doesn't happen. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, they all go back. That's the other Okay, so the movie ends with them going back into cryo sleep. Yes. But it's proven. Like, they talk about how it's only so many days to your back. So it's a 17 days, yeah. Personally, I would think I would like to stay up. For 17 days you're gonna stay awake for 17 days no but like i wouldn't do cryo sleep for mm. 17 days because like i want to make sure my ship gets where it's going this time yeah yeah because your android's obviously broken and you don't want to float around for 57 more years 
And it just seems like a poor decision. Like, I know she's it's, probably, she's probably like, look, I'm tired, but take a nap. I, I don't know. I, Cause they say 17 days. I feel like, it, I feel like it would take longer than that. Or they wouldn't have gone into cryo sleep in the first place. I, it's, 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 it's interesting. It's hard to figure out. Like, cause like they maybe lose. Maybe it's just it culturally such a part of like, uh, I'm not staying up for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe. I can't be on a ship for two weeks. It's boring. Freeze me. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. 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 Yeah. But it, it makes for a nice little package. It, it wraps it all maybe up. Maybe it's and... like the jaunt. The what? The jaunt. The jaunt? You don't know the jaunt. It's a Stephen King short story. Is it about freezing yourself in space? Yes, actually. So sort of. Oh. So the jaunt is about a scientist who discovers wormhole travel, essentially teleportation sort of travel for long distance travel mm. and you have to be asleep for it because the way it works is it basically scatters all your bits and puts them back together and if you're awake during it and you're conscious during it it's like your consciousness becomes alive for all of time and then it drives you insane so you have to be asleep yeah. so maybe they're going through a jaunt and they call it the jaunt Okay. Like a, you know, I'm going out for a little jaunt. Yeah, a little yeah. jaunty walk. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, maybe it's like that. Maybe that's there's wormholes and stuff. Are there wormholes and stuff? I don't. I don't think so. Oh well, there well, you go. Anyway, anyway, that's what we thought of this movie. That those are all our our thoughts. We and uh, we we can we can talk about other things like maybe critics in 1986 having their own thoughts on this movie laura why don't you fill us in on some past reviews i would love to so as i said alien is ever so slightly higher mm -hmm. this is a 97 critical score and a 94 audience score on rotten tomatoes alien is 98 94 mm. i know so close jay boyer from the orlando sentinel said this film is also the best monster movie of the year and the best picture of any kind to open so far this summer. Put it another way, Aliens is the Jaws of the 80s. Nice. Gene Siskel, count me out of the fan club for this one. What? Siskel? Terrible. Roger Ebert said, The ads for Aliens claim that this movie will frighten you as few movies have, and for once, the ads don't lie. Did say the film's last hour is painfully, unremittingly intense in horror and action, and it left him emotionally drained and unhappy, but he still liked it. That's good. It won Oscars for Best Sound Effects, Best Visual Effects, and was nominated for more, including Best Actress. Yes, I, this is something that I knew is that, that Sigourney Weaver, is, it's, she's nominated for Best Actress, and it's an incredibly rare nomination for a science fiction movie. Science fiction or action, like yeah. a woman in a science or fiction act, like it, it's not gonna happen. Yeah, men really either. They're not nominated for like it's just not genre picks don't get nominated. Got, yeah. Get nominated. It's very rare for a genre pick to get nominated. Same, a lot of horror movies they can be excellent. Like look at Midsummer or Hereditary or Hereditary. Like they deserve nominee like yeah. nominations for awards, and they were completely looked over. And those movies are brilliant. Yeah. So anyway, um. Uh, Marley Matlin won for Children of a Lesser God, by the way. Well, seeing as how I haven't seen that movie, Sigourney Weaver was rough. Yeah, agreed. Uh, it did win sa eight Saturn Awards, including Best Sci-Fi Film, Best Actress, Best Supporting Actor, which is Paxton, Best Supporting Actress, which is Jeanette Goldstein, Vasquez, mm -hmm. Best Young Performer, Director, Writing, and Effects. It also won a Hugo for Best Dramatic Presentation. Nice. So your movie choice for the week is well decorated. It definitely is. And with the decorations like that, is it any wonder with all the crap that I've said about this movie, about like, oh, I love this and I love this. I love this. There was no way I wasn't going to give it a double letter. No Can way. You imagine if you watched it this time, you're like, you know, being a parent now. Being a parent just made me think like, it's not realistic. Burnt. No. <laughs> No, no. This is one of my favorite movies for a reason, and Double Butter all the way. So, no, it's a Double Butter. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> Were you worried for a second? No, I was like, <laughs> get out. <laughs> There's no way you wouldn't think this. No, is it's a very entertaining film. It's a very good action film. It's long, but it does not feel super long. 
we probably could have watched the extended version and been okay, but I'm also an old lady. And You're an old lady. I like to go to bed. She says as uh, as she stifles a yawn before we continue talking. No, I was gonna say as she like every night lays on the couch for an extra twenty minutes watching TikToks anyway before she marches her butt upstairs. Mm-hmm. Anyway, no, it is a double. It's a very entertaining movie. It is one I think that if you like sci-fi or action or film, you should watch it. Yeah, and it's it's horror adjacent enough that it will thrill you, but not like. You'll get, some, you you'll get some startles. So yeah. If you're anything like Laura, you're going to have some jumps. Yeah. yeah. Fantastic film. I, I Basically, it was a freebie for me to have a movie I really like. We've had a few week. doubles in a row here, hon. Yeah. We're, we're killing it. And I guess we'll see if we get any more doubles because that is going to do it for this week. But next week, we'll be taking a look at... Like It's Hard? Legally Blonde. The streak is broke. No, I don't know. I haven't seen it. I've never seen Legally Blonde. I am so excited for you to watch that. It's one that I've been like wanting to watch for a while, but you keep picking movies. Around 2001. Yeah. yeah, So I'm like, well, I don't want to double up on 2001, but we've done a couple older movies now. And I've been really wanting to watch, rewatch this one again. It just turned 20 years old. Like it just had its 20th anniversary. And it uh, honestly is a delightful fall movie. Okay. It is. Okay. Well, I'll have to take your word for it and then we'll watch it. And then next week we'll see if we continue the streak of double butters. I think you'll like it. Okay. Well, we'll find out. Got a Wilson brother. Well, there you go. That's the seal of quality right there. Look forward to that next week (laughs) for this episode of burnt popcorn. I am Mike. I'm Laura. And we'll talk to you guys again. uh, soon.